You're listening to Marketing News Canada, Canada's number one show featuring the brightest minds in marketing, PR, and digital advertising. Welcome to another episode of Marketing News Canada. I am thrilled to introduce you to Tim, who is a digital strategy consultant and corporate marketing trainer. He has worked for many years as a strategy lead for large digital agencies and taught digital marketing for the CMA, Canadian Marketing Association. In 2014, Tim went out on his own and started KickFrame, which provides consulting and training services to organizations, including Four Seasons, TELUS, and Honda. Tim, thank you for being here. My pleasure, Darian. I really appreciate the uh, the invitation. I'm a big fan of this podcast. Well, thank you. Thank you for coming to bring your insights. Okay, one thing I'm really excited about to talk about is corporate training and yeah. upskilling and reskilling and that whole world. So tell me about that because I noticed that you both do consulting and kind of execution strategy work, but you also do the training. And how does that kind of how do you balance between the two? How does that work? Yeah, I'd love to talk about it and I'd love to get your perspective on it as well, knowing your background. So you know, my background is really in strategic planning with a, a strong focus on digital and technology and that in that world and all of what that represents. So that's how I sort of came up through a lot of digital agencies and digital consultancies focusing on strategic planning. And what I started to notice was just, you know, the opportunity that there was for marketers to be able to sort of understand some of the more kind of guiding principles and ways to think about kind of the opportunities that digital presents in the context of integrated marketing plans. And so even within agencies, I was kind of leaning more into doing, you know, lunch and learns. And that kind of led me to the CMA and that led me to doing more training for the CMA. And so I I kind of like the balance between the two because I find I I learn so much more kind of working with smart clients and I can bring that into the training to provide kind of actual context. And it's funny, I find like what I've learned in training around sort of breaking things down for people to understand and communicating things clearly. And it really sort of benefits my consulting work. And so I love the balance between the two. No, that's amazing. So, okay, tell me about how you got into it, like how you started doing stuff with CMA and what kind of like where you started in the wild, wonderful world of marketing. Yeah. Well, I, I have to say, this is probably my favorite part of your podcast, Darren, is when you talk about these origin stories. Yeah, yeah. Because I've had a number of friends that have been on the podcast and I feel like I know more about them now, even though for many I've known for 20 years. Well, I think so many people focus on like the Marvel superheroes, like like what's Spider-Man yeah. doing now? But like, tell me about Uncle Ben, tell me <laughs> yeah. about Aunt May and, and kind of when you were a wrestler at one point. Yeah, yeah. yeah. My, mine isn't that interesting, but I'll try to spice it up a bit. It's funny, my entry into marketing really started with my interest in the internet. And so back many, many years, I was a struggling MBA student and a struggling guitar player. And I remember buying these paper magazines that would have a lot of different chords and music and things that you would sort of take home to try to teach yourself how to play guitar. And I remember my roommate, we finally got uh, dial-up access and there was something called the Online Guitar Archive. And it blew my mind because it was this resource where people were uploading different interpretations of music and you could access them and download them and print them off. And it just sort of really captured my imagination at a time when I was trying to figure out what I wanted to be able to do. Like if you know, the internet can take something physical and turn it into this kind of community-based thing. What else can it do to other facets of the world and business and marketing and people and relationships and, and all the rest? And so that really happened at a real formative time for me. And I ended up focusing on my major research paper at the time was something called consumer behavior and the role of hypertext design. It sounds about as interesting as it actually was. But I ended up moving into a, a role at uh, a telco at Rogers 
And long story short, I ended up giving my first brief to a digital agency. And I just remember when they left that room, I just felt like whatever conversation they were having right now was the one that I wanted to be a part of. And so that really sort of led me into strategic planning and a lot of my work with agencies and consultancies. And then tell us about CMA. So Canadian Marketing Association, yeah. a lot of members listen to the show. If you are in British Columbia, you may not have heard of them. You may have heard, you've heard of AMA, which is American Marketing Association. Tell us about CMA and what, what you do there. It was, it was fantastic. I'm not as close to the organization now, but when I first started working with them, they have different councils. And so I was on a digital marketing council. It was fantastic to just do some networking and, you know, talk a little bit about people's experiences within the field. But through that, I was exposed to their digital marketing certificate course. And I was really keen at the time because I was doing a lot of more informal training in my role at the agency. And I was keen on sort of seeing what that might look like. And so fast forward, I was one of the instructors there for a couple of years and teaching kind of a you know 10 to 12 live session course with a certificate and, and different kind of exams to be able to be certified in the area of digital marketing. So it was a great course for people wanting to kind of start out yeah. and understanding the basics because it covered a lot of the kind of the main tools in the digital marketer's toolbox. Yeah. It was also a great experience for me, quite frankly, starting out into training to kind of understand, you know, what I needed to be able to do to become a better teacher. Cool. And is that and that still exists, the course you created, is that correct? Well, I think it continued to evolve as digital marketing evolves. Okay. You know, yeah. like it's sort of interesting when I started, there was a bunch of material that was given to me in paper form. And wow. after teaching the course a couple of times, just because digital changes the way that I like to teach, I sort of got more comfortable finding different curriculum and ways to be able to explain different concepts. And so over the years, that material has uh, it just become kind of a living thing. So that I think uh, there's different types of courses that exist online. A lot of them are now, I believe, moved more online mm-hmm. and, and less so in uh, kind of the offline courses that I was kind of responsible for years ago. Yeah, yeah. And and fast forward today, what does your training look like? Is it is it open classes? Is it, is it predominantly you go into a business or tell us about that process? It's a it's a mix, you know, because I, I started my company Kickframe around the same time that I stopped doing the training with the CMA. And so it was a bit of a mix. So I started to do some open classes and it was a one-day digital marketing strategy kind of boot camp, quite an intensive and interesting thing. And what I loved about that was you started, it allowed me to be able to kind of think about like the whole experience and what the environment might look like, what the activities might be, what the guest speakers might look like, what the takeaways could be, where the venue and how that could kind of impact training. And so I did one of those every quarter for a period of time. But where I spend most of my time is around corporate training, largely upskilling marketing departments in kind of larger organizations, as well as doing some training in-house with some agencies too. And so the type of training that I do is a little bit less about somebody starting out and wanting to be an expert in search. It's a more kind of strategic planning to help people understand, you know, the role that search can play, how to frame it within an integrated marketing plan, how to think through and ask the right questions, how to identify the right tactics. So it's sort of helpful for a shared understanding with a large marketing team to be able to also sort of connect and build some bridges between sort of the marketing team and the technology teams too. So that's sort of the, the sweet spot of the training that I do from a corporate perspective. That's amazing. Do you see it in when businesses get it? Is it like, hey, you, you give us some ideas, but now upskill us to better understand it? So it's kind of like a mix of the two? That's exactly right, Darian. That's okay. exactly right. And some of my favorite 
favorite experiences working with KickFrame is that combination of both of those things. So I might start with a client that wants to do some road mapping and figuring out what the next couple of years look like. And then once we figure out what that might look like in terms of the experiences they want to provide, the kind of marketing that they want to do, that we pivot into how do we kind of help our team understand that this is where we're going and how do we give them the skills that they need to be able to help us get there. And some of my most rewarding work has been kind of a combination of this kind of strategy consulting and training, and it can go the other way as well. Yeah. No, that's that's so cool how it's connected. And so yeah. did, did you go to the effort of going to be like, I know the federal government in every province has upskilled training up to 10,000 per person employee. Are they taking advantage of that yet with your skill, your training stuff? I haven't done that yet, but what okay. was interesting, it might be kind of connected to this, yeah, is yeah. a program that I was involved in was funded by the Canadian Council of the Arts, partly. Yes. Cool. And we put together a custom digital marketing course for arts organizations. That's amazing. And it was, it Tim. was honestly, Darren, it was one of the most amazing professional experiences I've had in my career because we wow. put together this, you know, six part course and we had a number, we probably ran about six different cohorts of about 15 people each. And we just sort of talked about these different opportunities in digital. And to your point, a lot of them were kind of small businesses. And in, in, in a certain case, it might have one or two people yeah. that have shared responsibility around marketing. But we sort of talked about what those opportunities might be. And I learned a ton. You know, the teacher always ends up learning the most, but I learned a ton from a lot of these amazing organizations in terms of being quite resilient during COVID and being yeah. quite imaginative in terms of how they can incorporate digital into some of the things that they were doing. So does that still exist somewhere? Like, is it accessible at the moment? We did a self-directed version of that. Okay. And I can send you the link if people are interested no, in checking it out. That'd be, that'd be amazing. In well, the whole marketing world, maybe give us your take on this. I'd love your perspective on how do you, as a teacher of said things like marketing and digital marketing, especially, how do you stay current and fresh and, and, you know, like knowing what's new so that you don't accidentally be like, Hey, here's a thing you can do within the Facebook ad ecosystem. And then someone's like, they just canceled that um, four hours ago. Or I mean, like or last week. Well, I, I would be lying if I hadn't, hadn't walked into a couple of those things over the course of my career with very Spartan current students. But it's, it's, a, it's a mix. And that's, and that's why I think it's important and I find it invaluable of my consulting work. And so probably the majority of my time is working with you know, leading marketers mm -hmm. and incorporating some more advanced tactics and utilizing more sophisticated technology in a lot of their businesses and a lot of their marketing. So I'm just learning, frankly, with a lot of my clients, as well as the teams that I'm collaborating with. Mm. And then probably like many of your guests do, I'm kind of voraciously consuming a lot of, you know, research and webinars and newsletters and podcasts and trying to keep current. So it's a combination of, I think, all those things, in addition to some of these smart conversations that I have with people that are taking the courses, right? Yeah. Like, I'm quite a generalist in the area of kind of marketing strategy and digital marketing. And it's invaluable when I go into some of these training sessions, because invariably, there's people that go deeper into some channels that I'm spending my time in. Yeah. And so it's a great opportunity for me to learn from them. And then it's a great opportunity from a training perspective to me to put them on a bit of a pedestal to be able to share what they know with the rest of the session. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place by working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. 
As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun... Yeah, you get it every time. And if you love the filet of fish, right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just six dollars. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba da ba ba ba. It's awesome. A lot of profs use this podcast as kind of like a further reading or listen to this podcast and report on what you got from it. Kind of the the key learning objectives, etc. Students that are listening to it right now that are maybe in university, in college, at a boot camp, maybe even considering diving into the market. If you could only like, you know, like the whole, hey, if you were on an abandoned island and only could have three <laughs> things, right? I'm going to throw this one at you because I'm so fascinated to hear your answer. If you could say to the students, if you could take away only three things from kind of marketing education, What would they be and why? What are the three most important things they want to take into a career in marketing? So in terms of skills and attitudes and all that stuff? Let's go with skills. Because attitudes, everyone knows, like, stay curious. And, yeah, you know, yeah, sure. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think three things. So I'll, I'll, this is a great question. So one, I think, is writing. I think, you know, particularly now where we're kind of like jotting you know, emojis into Slack yeah. and kind of a casualness. And yeah. Animated gifts, right? So animated, animated gifts, gifts. Yeah. <laughs> into conversation. I honestly think that becoming a good writer and a yeah. clear communicator is so important because I feel like writing is thinking. And I do a newsletter, you know, every two weeks. And uh, it's, it's, a, it's a process of me sort of figuring things out more so than writing, but being able to write about things and teach things is a great way to learn about things. So, so I put a big premium on becoming a very clear and confident writer, because I think that's going to end up having a lot of benefits, a lot of other uh, areas. Another one that was a real big aha for me was facilitation skills. I remember going into an agency and feeling really intimidated by coming with a, a silver bullet answer in a brainstorm. And I worked with someone who was just an amazing facilitator and was able to sort of frame up a session in such a really productive way that it is almost a superpower. And I think it's also a very practical skill yeah. for you to be able to learn and get credited for because you can have so much more constructive meetings and you can bring so much more in the area of marketing. That's and amazing. I think the last thing that I would say is getting really focused on testing and learning. Mm, I see this yeah. as a really big area of opportunity yeah. and an area that I know a lot of my clients are trying to skill up around. Yeah. And so not just saying those words about optimization, but really sort of deeply more understanding 
a mindset around experimentation, helping to understand how to design hypotheses and tests and learning and implications and bringing those back into a lot of the different decisions that you might be making. So those would be my three things, if that, are awesome. uh, if that makes are sense. Really, those are really great. Yeah. Those are amazing. And, and what about your take now when you meet with folks? Like, do you ever say, hey, you know, consider this course. There's any courses that you're, you're following or looking at or watching that you're like, man, these guys are doing something really cool. Like whether it's in New Zealand or the UK or around the world or even locally that are doing some really good kind of progressive marketing training. Yeah. You know, one of the things that I, I really look for is I think the IPA is doing some interesting things around kind of effectiveness training. And, and what's and, that stand and cor- for? IPA? Not just a good beer. <laughs> yeah. That, well, that, well, that, that too. That's it, it's it's the planning association within the UK okay, and Europe, nice. and then there's the yeah. APG, the Account Planning okay. Group in Canada, yeah. which is is associated with that group. Um, I'm not involved with them, but they do some interesting courses. Yeah. Uh, but the the ones that I kind of gravitate to, and they're ones that I try to create some webinars around, are more practical tools. And yeah. so, as an example, early during the COVID, one of the things that I started to do was kind of different webinars, but focused less on kind of understanding a topic, but more understanding how to complete a task. And so, mm-hmm. for example, I put together one that was on how to modernize and create a compelling brief. So kind of the basics, how to run your first marketing test, how to present your marketing strategy. So I really try to gear a lot of my training and the stuff that I look out to and recommend people to take to be stuff that is really connected to people's day-to-day jobs and to completing tasks. And so that's kind of where my interest lies in terms of like building curriculum, but it's also the kinds of things that I kind of like to recommend to my students. I think there's sort of a, there's kind of like a balance of both is sort of like the fundamentals and the bigger thinking, but then also, you know, what is a tool that I can put in my day-to-day to be able to help accomplish yeah. me to get from A to B? That's really cool. And for you, kind of like What's been the neatest trend or you're like, I love that you're right in the trenches doing the consulting and training part. But what's something that you're like really, really excited about? You're like, man, this has been the craziest thing I keep seeing popping up everywhere. <laughs> I don't know. I, I suppose the, the the thing that I should be mentioning here because it's mentioned everywhere is the metaverse. And so I think it's on kind of the tip of everyone's tongue, but I'm hesitant to bring it up because I feel like it's such a distracting term. It's kind of an umbrella across a number of other more interesting and tangible technologies that I think are worth kind of studying on their own, whether that's uh, augmented reality or gaming or wearables or kind of the use of kind of virtual communities. And so I think that's probably the most topical one. But if there's anything that I would encourage folks to do is sort of focus on the more of the component parts and not get too distracted by this kind of vague umbrella term. Awesome. Tim, are you ready for the rapid fire? Am I? Darren? Yes. yes. What was your first ever job that you had? It was at Phil's Rouge Hill Bowling Alley. If you ever get, you know, the pins twisted around and you had to press a button. Yeah. I was the guy running out behind the counter, saving your game. Amazing. Night owl or early bird? Before kids, night owl, now early bird. Yeah. Cat or dog person? Well, I am the proud owner of a COVID puppy dog, so I yes. have to say dog. Yes. What is the first thing that you marketed? It would have been Rogers at home high-speed internet service, which is probably not so high-speed these days compared to the at the time. Yeah, that's awesome. Dark or milk chocolate? Oh, dark. It's got to be dark. 75 to 85%. Yeah, nice. Favorite word right now? Well, I have a, a son that just went into high school, and for yeah. some reason he keeps saying... I don't know if this is a cheat or not, but it's my bad. But he says it as one word. Yeah. My bad. Yeah. But he uses it all the time. 
and especially in places where things are really inexcusable. And so yeah. I hate it, but now I kind of love it. So I try to use my bed all the time. That's awesome. <laughs> in honor of your son, especially. Exactly. Exactly. Right. What is the last charity you supported financially or with your time? Well, I'm a regular supporter to sick kids. Yeah. And I have the, you know, the great pleasure of working with a couple of really amazing nonprofit organizations, yeah. Trans Canada Trail and Plan nice. International. Oh, amazing. Yeah. That's really cool. Yeah, they're amazing and I'm very fortunate to work with them. What is a movie that you just love? You can watch over and over again. You know what? I brought my, that 14-year-old we were just talking about. Mm-hmm. I, I, I have an office right above a old movie theater that shows okay. classic movies. And we just nice. went down and saw the 50th anniversary screening of The Godfather. And so oh, that's, that's, that's tough cool. to beat. Yeah, that pretty amazing. Classic. Favorite song or album on repeat right now? This kind of goes back, my wife and I, have uh, not very overlapping interests, but the one where you have a sliver of a Venn diagram that kind of goes yeah. over top is around music documentaries. And we okay. just watched one on the Bee Gees. And so I'm terrorizing my family by playing Bee Gees constantly in the house. That's awesome. Now, thinking of the multiverse, if you're a Marvel fan, if you weren't doing this job, what would you be doing in another life? Do I have to be qualified to do it? No, no, not at all. No. Oh, I would be a documentary filmmaker. That is awesome. That is a yeah. great one. App on your phone you can't live without? Probably Spotify. Nice. Uh, yeah. Favorite children's book? It's got to be Green Eggs and Ham. Nice. Yeah. We're a big Dr. Seuss family. Nice. Best thing you bought for under $10? Oh, I was once, I might be playing around with currency here, but I ended up buying at one point a watch with a lighter in it from a place in Bangkok. And I'm pretty sure that that was under $10. Yeah. Uh, what is the most important thing you ever changed your mind about? That minivans are cool. Nice. Nice. So wh- which way did you go? Which oh, direction? they're cool. Oh, they're, they're cool. Yeah, cool. yeah. I have a yeah. swagger wagon personally myself. <laughs> I, I don't know if you've seen that Toyota music video, but it's, I know, it's pretty epic. That's, that's amazing. Yeah. Oh, that's great. Business or marketing book that you'd recommend? One of my favorites is A Beautiful Question by Adam Morgan. Yeah. There came out of the, um, from a company that uh, an agency called Eat Big Fish. Yeah. It's a great book that kind of talks about the importance of constraints and asking propelling questions. I love it. Amazing. Amazing. That's great. I haven't heard of that one yet. Podcast that you recommend? Well, this one, sincerely, I'm a, I'm a fan, Darren. I think it's, oh, it's, uh, it's fantastic. One I just started today, I think it was their first episode, was something called Hard Fork. Oh, It's got the technology writer, Kevin Roos from the New York Times and Casey Newton. So two technology reporters, and it sounds like it's going to be great covering different tech news and their fun personalities. So I think oh, that's, that's one that's good. going to be on my follow list. You heard it here first. There you go. It's, pretty, it's a fresh one. That's great. <laughs> How about a newsletter or website you recommend for resources, inspiration? Well, I have friends at an agency called Modern Craft, and my yeah. friend John puts together one called Pause and Reflect yes. every uh, couple right. of weeks. Yep. And uh, he does an amazing job with it. Oh, that's really cool. That's a great recommendation. Yeah, I find that friend has another agency, Junction, and he does one yes. that I just love. I actually read it every time. It's one, and Todd Maffin at uh, Engage Q, also an agency yeah. guy. Yeah, that's that's really cool. Yeah, and uh, I, I write, I'm not plugging this, but as someone that writes one uh, every yeah. two weeks, I just yeah. really admire people that can kind of keep up with consistency and quality oh, and stuff. The quality, that, uh, right? Yeah. I could read, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, and John, and I'm, I'm, I'm a fan of the Junction podcast or the Junction newsletter as well. Yeah, yeah. No, it's a great one. What is a life hack you'd be willing to share? I downloaded an app called Be Focused, and it's yeah. based on the Palmero method. It's sort of like you work in 25-minute chunks. Yeah. And I find it really helpful when my 
energy or my focus is waning or if I'm working on something that kind of is big that needs to be broken down, yeah. I find it really, really helpful to sort of like work in these increments and the app helps me keep on track. Yeah. Okay. That's that's awesome. And, and this is a good one. I think you fit in well. It's skills required for a new economy. So I know you talked about the three major ones they need to learn. But maybe why don't we talk about soft skills that you're excited about? Because I know we didn't let you do that earlier. Yeah, I think soft skills. I think there's just something about that we've learned over the last couple of years about adaptability. I know Mm -hmm. I think the pace of change is going to continue to escalate. And I think the people that are really succeeding are just kind of rolling with it. And so keeping on task and being flexible in terms of learning you know, how to work as work changes, I think is going to be a really important point. And I think perhaps younger folks might come to this a little bit more native. I think it's something that maybe some people that are a bit more set on their ways are going to have to invest a little bit more time in sort of learning a bit more of the tools and the the, the methods to be able to kind of work and be a bit more adaptable within it. Yeah, that's awesome. And and tell me about you, where, where can people find you online, follow you, connect with you? LinkedIn is is, uh, is a great place to start. My website is kickframe.com. I have some online learning tools at the kickframetoolbox.com. So any of those three spots would be where to find me. Amazing, amazing. Anything else you want to leave with listeners, watchers? No, I just wanted to thank you again for bringing me on. As I mentioned, I'm a big fan of the podcast. I get a lot out of it. So I've really enjoyed this. So thank you, Darian. No, no, thank you. Thank you, Tim. Thank you, everyone, for joining us today. This is Tim, Kickframe. Thank you for joining us this episode. We'll see you next time on the show. Thanks for listening to Marketing News Canada. For more episodes and other great stories from Canadian marketers, visit marketingnewscanada.com. All episodes are recorded in the Jelly Marketing Studio thanks to our producer, Chris Penner, and editors, Travis Jeffers and The Podfather. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place by working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com purpose. Parker, engineering your success. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply.